This week's interview is a pitmaster out of Hawaii. That's right, Hawaii. His business has been featured on USA News, MSN.com, Inc. Magazine. His barbecue will make you stand at attention, but his approach to business is what's impressive. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. We have a friend of the family. We have a pitmaster, owner, operator of Tin Hut Barbecue, Frank Diaz. Say hello, Frank. Aloha. This is Frank, and I'm the owner of Tin Hut Barbecue, coming all the way from Hawaii. Wait a minute. Hawaii? Yes, sir. All the way from Hawaii. Nice and sunny. I know you're getting snow and cold weather over there, but bloody, I'm enjoying the sun right now. Oh, that's awesome. So let's just get right into that. Um, let's just start with Hawaii. What what barbecue is in Hawaii? Well, in Hawaii, when I first arrived in Hawaii, the barbecue selection was very limited, and it was mostly uh, Pacific or uh, Asian-related. So you have like a Korean barbecue, a Japanese or a Chinese barbecue, and you know, there was really no American-style barbecue here on this island. So many, many years ago, I discovered that, and uh, it actually uh, went forward with uh, the business Tin Hut Barbecue, bringing the best of what we call the mainland here on the island. Very good, very good. Let's go um, to your name, Tin Hut. Tell us a little bit about your history and how you come up with this barbecue concept. So uh, initially, I was uh, working for the government. Worked for, uh, in fact, I was in the military and the government for a total of 34 years. Thank you, and, first. Uh, thank uh, you. You're welcome. And thank you for your support. The, um, I was stationed at Fort Lewis in Washington, and I was uh, just, um, I'll tell you what happened is that I was volunteering at a church, and a friend of mine was smoking some uh, brisket and pork, uh, ribs and chicken for, you know, a church conference. And so I, I was a volunteer at the church, and I thought, wow, what a wonderful idea. I'll just kind of help him out and, you know, uh, indulge. And uh, so what happened is that we worked all weekend, and we were so busy that I didn't have the chance to have any barbecue. And by the time we got around to it, it was all gone. It was really, really good, though. I could smell it. And, of course, uh, pulling, oh, I must, it, it felt like about a ton of pork. Uh, my arms, they felt, I felt like Popeye afterwards. But anyways, <laughs> um, the next day, Monday, went to work and I went to the food court for lunch. And I was craving barbecue because I didn't have any, but yet I was working with it this whole time. So I went to the food court, no barbecue whatsoever, none. And then I went off base. Uh, this is again at Fort Lewis in Washington. And there was nothing off base. And so that's when, you know, light bulb kind of hit me and I thought, wow, why don't I start a barbecue business and somehow make it mobile? So this was back in around 2007 and food trucks and trailers really, you know, weren't a thing of operation. They, they had the taco trucks, but they were very limited. And so what I thought, you know, going back to my army experience that uh, we had the mobile kitchen trailers and it was a, a trailer that would literally fold out into a large kitchen. And the more of these trailers you put side by side, the bigger your kitchen. And it used to feed hundreds and hundreds. So I thought, 
geez, if I could find a small one, that would work. And eventually I uh, got a uh, barbecue trailer, but <clears throat> I found one and actually uh, did a lot of uh, research, even with the smokers, which is where I came up with uh, the cook shack, found cook shack. So that was a, a wonderful thing as well. And of course, that's where I uh, started meeting and interacting with uh, you guys and you've been family ever since. So what happens, I'll fast forward a little bit, is that um, working for the government, I was an anti-terrorism specialist, and you know, one of the, one of the one of the better ones, right, in my field, uh, known throughout uh, the Department of Defense. So I was uh, given an offer to move to Hawaii, and uh, the offer came with uh, the contingency of having to deploy to Afghanistan. And I was single at the time, and you know I had no problem with it, and I took it. But they also doubled my uh, salary, so that was wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that, then, to start with. Oh, yeah, and I'd never been to Hawaii, and I thought, wow, well, you know, I'll check it out. We'll see what it's all about. So that, that's, you know, the concept of the barbecue started then at Fort Lewis. But it actually didn't start till I got to Hawaii. And I know that even back at Fort Lewis, what I knew that I wanted, because I was ex-military, I wanted to target the military audience. And uh, I tell you, they, they uh, serve their country, they uh, sacrifice a lot to be away from home. And I thought, wow, if I can bring them a little taste of home, you know, some barbecue, then uh, I would have succeeded. And that was my goal, is to uh, do everything I can to uh, make them feel at home. Um, a lot of background goes into that, David. Uh, even, you know, when I was growing up, I was a military brat. And so, you know, we traveled uh, worldwide, obviously, of course. And we found ourselves in places such as uh, Tehran, Iran, in Turkey, in Central America, and various other places. But the one thing that resonated well with me from my father was the fact that he would have all his soldiers over, you know, the single soldiers or even other families over to the house for a barbecue. And barbecue was used as a way to bring people together to celebrate celebrate uh, parties, birthdays, and just celebrate life. And uh, so it brought a lot of joy and a lot of esprit de corps, camaraderie, you know, amongst the forces, especially being away from home. So in a foreign country away from home, when we get together, it's just fun. And so that's really where the idea came from a long, long, long time ago. But taking that same concept, uh, moving to Hawaii, I uh, came to Hawaii, and uh, I was in search for barbecue. And as I mentioned earlier, all we had is the Asian-style barbecue, and that just didn't work for me. So um, eventually, you know, I did a lot of research and um, started developing recipes. I started interacting with uh, uh, your team, the Cook Shack team, and uh, started going to various different um, mainland South schools, um, barbecue schools, and, you know, learning how they smoke uh, in their particular regions. So, you know, I uh, visited different regions uh, around the mainland and just kind of learned a little bit and gleaned a little bit and kind of uh, brought it all into uh, what is Tin Hut Barbecue today. Well, I tell you right now, I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way or even been called this, but I will, I would be honored if you will, can let me say this, um, Frank, you're a second generation pit master. 
your father started it with uh, the way he carried it on. You don't have to be running a million dollar company to be called a pit master. He was running it the way he needed to. If it was for four guys, five guys, or 25 guys, Frank, that's exactly what you're doing. You're car- you're carrying on your father's legacy in that world right there. So, buddy, you are a second generation pit master in every essence of the word. Thank you, thank you for that. And uh, he was really neat, David. Is that you know, whenever wherever if we were in Iran or if we were in Central America, wherever we were, you know, my dad just had these hunting friends, and it was really cool. Is they'd literally go out hunting for the pig. And uh, lo and behold, you know, that night we would be, uh, it would be on a spit. We'd be uh, roasting it right there in the backyard. We dug out a pit and started roasting it. Wow. And a big celebration. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. It certainly marked me, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. You can tell. You can tell by the the sound in your voice when you talk about it, Frank. It's it's there. It's the the... The ownership of what you have in it is is there, bud. No doubt about it. Um, well, you're in Hawaii. You are you already out of the military at this point? When you decided to completely jump into this, or were you still trying to balance both worlds? Initially, you know, when I first got here, and and I, and I have to answer your question. I'm sorry about that. Tin Hut, Tin Hut. The name itself is synonymous with military. And um, uh, so, David, you know, when you're a leader in the military and you have a, a unit before you, in order to get them to uh, pop tall, stand to attention, you simply give the command, attention. And then they all come to, they stand straight, you know, arms to the side, uh, locked, locked and uh, standing tall, looking good. And if you're a seasoned leader, you start abbreviating those terms. You start saying, Ten Hut. And so I thought I'd take the play on words. And uh, since I was going to have a trailer, which was made out of tin. <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, yeah. So it's the shape of a little hut. And then also the military, Ten Hut. So it, it grabs attention. And so the business, uh, the whole concept of the name Tin Hut was that it would grab their attention. And uh, certainly it resonates with people in the military. Yeah. So that, that was the play. That was the play on the words. And also serving America's finest is our, uh, our uh, subtitle or our motto. And uh, serving America's finest uh, represents the military, the firefighters, the EMTs, doctors, physicians, police, all those. And it, it gives us a great pleasure to be able to serve them no matter where we are. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's a great joy to do that for them. Yes, and... There again, Frank, I'm just going to tell you, it comes across in the pride that you've got when you're talking. I mean, I can just hear it. It really is great. Um, let's let's look at a little bit. We we understand how you got into it. We know the whys, your 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 lineage, your name. How what made you decide American barbecue? It's not over there. Um, you've got many, many obstacles you have to jump through before you even start thinking in Hawaii. Start name some of the things that that you you had to go through just to even get your first truck to even start cooking. Absolutely. So 
um, I, I was still active in the, working for the government as a civilian when we first started Tin Hut. And so Tin Hut, the recipes, and I'll tell you that Hawaii is beautiful, but I'll tell you, Hawaii by itself and in all its beauty is probably the biggest hindrance in any type of business. Uh, we have a lot of water that surrounds us and almost 2,000 miles to the nearest uh, port to where we can receive. So naturally, uh, I'll give you an example, a bottle of barbecue sauce that comes from Oklahoma. You know, uh, you may buy it for maybe a couple dollars. Uh, me, I have to buy it for a lot more when you include shipping. In fact, my shipping cost literally for a pallet is uh, almost double uh, what I paid for it. So if I paid $100 for it, it would cost me 200 to ship it. Uh, that there alone is a huge, huge, huge uh, obstacle when it comes to operating a business in Hawaii. Um, that and all, you know, the, the lack of resources that we have available. So uh, you being a butcher yourself for a long time, you know, you have a wide selection of um, purveyors or uh, sources that you've gone through and you've we weaned them down and here I have uh, very few choices. I have Costco, I have Sam's, and I have a place called Chef Zone. There's, there's other uh, companies, HFM. We don't have a Cisco here or anything like that. Uh, uh, HFM, but their prices are so high, it, it's not even worth uh, uh, getting into it. So that, that's where we're kind of restricted uh, to get our supplies, you know, for Tin Hut Barbecue. And, and a lot of the places on the island, you know, we just have to rely on those uh, club stores or some local stores that have some specialty spices or things of that source. So importing all our goods or most of our goods, even my spices are imported. Um, in fact, as you know, I uh, even get my honey rub from a special <laughs> location. <laughs> yeah. Hey, with that in mind, I've got a question. This just popped in my head. You, you was talking about the lack of resources like, um, heck, everybody else is used to. Um, on a daily basis, have you ever had to open the doors and go, sorry, folks, no brisket today. There's none on the island. Um, but we have this instead. The answer is yes. It has happened to me before. Um, it happens a lot with chicken, and it has happened before with brisket. Uh, before, they used to sell brisket flats only. And uh, they finally uh, started selling the whole brisket. So we were able to cut down, you know, as we needed. And uh, tell you, once they run out, they run out. And, you know, it's not that there's a whole lot of barbecue places on the island. It's just a big demand for uh, resources. And then, of course, the main uh, companies or headquarters of like Costco or Sands, well, they say, well, you know, there's not really that big of a demand there. So we're not going to we're going to cut back. And so that really cripples us. And we do try to sell other things in, in uh, place of that. And uh, so, uh, you know, it has helped out. We really haven't uh, lost business because of it, but it is a hindrance to those that are, for example, looking for beef brisket and have to have pork instead. Okay. Let's say you plan your own spices, your own sauce. You've got this ordered. What's your turnaround time like? Um, say when you call up a place and say, I needed ship to Hawaii. How long does it take to get to you? So it could take as uh, as long as a week. Uh, if I want to pay a lot of money, I could have it within days. Um, I'll tell you that Amazon, uh, 
com has helped a lot. And oops, I don't know if I should say that or not. Go, no, this is you say what you need to. Okay. So they, they, they have been, uh, when they started shipping to Hawaii for free, that was a big breakthrough for probably a lot of people in Hawaii. You know, and not just for uh, goods. You know, there's a lot of things that are available um, on that site, and there's a lot that isn't. And uh, I have to plan ahead. So, um, you know, they say that, uh, in fact, I think you said, if there's something out there that's good, don't worry about making it, just order it. And that's why I get the honey rub from you. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, even that, uh, uh, and I know you got it out quick, but it still took, I think, about uh, one week to get here. And, you know, I planned ahead, so I have to plan ahead. And I planned it for Thanksgiving specifically for the turkeys. And so I've really been hyping it up. I just love that honey rub on it. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you for that. Um, now, when you do a catering, I mean, you surely you do caterings, right? Yes, we do. Okay. When you do a catering, let's say there's a, a wedding and the bride demands something, how far how far do you go out of your way to make sure that even if it's 10 days earlier and you know that you're getting low, do you sometimes rat hole her specific menu to make sure that she'll have what she wants? Um, uh, you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to, man, for us over here, it's, it's not even fathomable to say, okay, if I don't get it, I'll go get it in tomorrow someplace else. And that's right. obviously not an option for you. Correct. And uh, so what I what I try to do is I try to plan far enough in, a, in advance so that I'll have every single thing available. Now, there's times, and, and I'll tell you this is, <laughs> you may laugh at this, but uh, this is a reality. Even something like potato, potato salad. Um, I have had weddings where I've had, uh, potato salad on order and guess what it just was not available i could not uh, there was wasn't potatoes i couldn't get potatoes and couldn't make it and so uh, we ended up making a macaroni salad instead so we had to substitute and uh, you know we let them know in advance so that they were aware and they're usually good because uh, uh it's pretty similar you know i mean potatoes and mac is different but um they're looking you know for a cold salad or we'd offer something different and a lot of times uh, I have uh, a baker is absolutely wonderful uh, cupcakes and things he um, bakes for me. Um, so what I'll do a lot of times is I'll offer uh, little little tiny uh, cornbread muffins, uh, little bite-sized muffins as a compliment to them. You know, it costs me uh, pennies on the dollar, right? But uh, it's worth it, you know, in order to keep their trust and to uh, get them to refer us out to others. Um, it. it there was one time I was very concerned about getting a pig, believe it or not. And uh, there was just a shortage. And uh, this island supposedly has all kinds of pigs on it, but uh, <laughs> there was a shortage. And it was tight. And I'll tell you, I was nervous because that was their main meat. They had uh, literally the pig. Uh, we had it laid out in a pan, uh, just like he taught us. And uh, had the apple, we had the lays around it. And, different uh, Hawaiian flowers and everything. So that was, that was key. That was crucial. That one made me very nervous, but, um, and, 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 you know, David, that a lot of people come from the mainland to Hawaii for their weddings and things like that too. So they're, they're expecting and hoping for something really special. Wow. So we do have to deliver. Yeah, that's, you're absolutely right. I, I, I didn't, 
put that together or wouldn't have thought of that. I was thinking of residents, but you're absolutely right. So they contact you from over here. I say over here, good gracious, we're mainland, I guess is the right word. Um, they contact you from the mainland, you get this all set up, and then that that is that in itself, the the time zone difference, the that would yeah, the trying to please a bride that cannot look, taste, or touch anything you've got going other than seeing pictures off the websites and stuff. Uh, you're right. I That would be a hurdle to jump. Yes. Yes, sir. And uh, I'll tell you that, um, uh, you know, I have a fleet of food trucks and I also have a, a small uh, um, food court restaurant. And I'll tell you that uh, when you come to Hawaii, a lot of weddings, they just love having that uh, food truck on, on just, just for show. Uh, I literally don't even need to serve out of it. And uh, they just like it for show. But um, you know, one of the things that uh, we offer as an extreme benefit for caterings is the fact that we do have the food truck. And if the order is a very large order, uh, we'll always take the food truck. Uh, it'll be a good showpiece. But also for me, it's a commissary kitchen. It's a commercial kitchen for me. So our trucks are certified as uh, commercial kitchens. And we can't do everything at the same time on board the truck, but we uh, basically are loading a lot of uh, ready-to-eat foods on board. We're keeping it hot, keeping it cold, and then we have our char broiler and our uh, flat top on board and ovens and stoves as we need, you know, in order to complete the cooking process. So that, that adds a big benefit to a lot of the caterings that, uh, you know, we support. I bet that is huge, especially um – thinking that a lot of them will want it down by the ocean, um, over a bay, um, not necessarily in a church house. Heck, they could have done that here. Correct. Uh, yeah. Absolutely right. Well, we kind of went down this rabbit hole of, of, of the catering and the gathering the products, but let's, let's digress just a little bit and step back. Explain to everyone, um, your employee philosophy. I think this is just as large as anything else. Explain your employee philosophy. So a lot of uh, the employees that I try to hire are veterans, uh, veterans and uh, those that have served uh, in any type of a public service arena. Uh, you know, I always give them a priority. It's, um, uh, you know, besides uh, hiring veterans, I, uh, uh, I have an extreme heart for, you know, those that are struggling and uh, those that are homeless or just less fortunate. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, they uh, come back from combat and they're a mess. And unfortunately, uh, the military is so quick to throw them back into society without letting them go through a rehab period. And you know, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to society, but especially to that person. Um, so I, I've just kind of taken upon myself to reach out to uh, those that struggle and uh, do what I can to mentor and help them uh, onto their next point. So, you know, it's psychology. That, that's it. Because I'll tell you that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the employees that have worked for Tin Hut Barbecue, they just say it's like therapy. You know, whether they're doing the prep uh, for the sides or whether they're uh, in the pits or, uh, 
uh, dishing out plates is like therapy for them. And, uh, you know, if you think about the process, you know, it's a, a, a bunch of small little systems in order to make the plates come together. And uh, so they take it, you know, task by task, which helps them to feel a sense of accomplishment. And more so, I've had many, many customers come back to them and say, man, that was really good. And so there's a, an extreme sense of pride that occurs, you know, when they serve those customers. So everything, I do. I, yeah. Okay. I would say everything that their training has been, everything that um, in a standard family should be teaching kids. Um, now they're adults and they're kicked out to the curb for lack of better words. We all know how this really, the real world is. Um, yes. And sometimes it takes someone that has already been down that road, um, Mr. Diaz and mm -hmm. open opens her arms and says, look, I got some barbecue. Let, come and talk while we uh, stir the beans. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, getting back to, uh, uh, what my father taught me is that barbecue brings people together. And uh, I mean, what better opportunity to be able to uh, even just sit and talk to someone than uh, over a plate of barbecue or even while we're uh, at the pit smoking the barbecue it's, it's, or the meat. It's just phenomenal. And I, I'm not sure if you um, had the opportunity to see where we were actually located uh, we are like right next to the water. It's a very heavenly place, if you will. And uh, just being there early morning um, with the smokers going and you know, just uh, reflecting on just the goodness of uh, the goodness of God and everything that's out there, the creation. Just it's so beautiful, so serene. And what an opportunity and a chance to just have fellowship with one another. I'll tell you what, after this podcast, you might get some applications from over here. It's just, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, let's let, I remember one story when you was back here in Oklahoma, you was telling, um, and it was about one of the ships was coming in and I don't know what it was, but it was about you were cooking or set up where, when the soldiers came into the, Man, you're going to have to help me out because I'm stumbling. Um, the area yes. to get food. Um, and that was the first thing they looked for. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, so when, when, when the military deploys, a lot of them are deployed for, you know, six months a year. And so in our case at Pearl Harbor, uh, we're serving the Navy. And so their ships will come into shore. Uh, periodically, you know, usually after six months or a year, and some of them come uh, interims, maybe every uh, three months or so uh, after maneuvers. And what we do is we set up right next to the dock where they're uh, going to be uh, uh, docking their ship. And so you have this big old massive ship and this <laughs> little old tin hut food truck. Right? And so, uh, and then barbecue naturally, it attracts them. You know, there's, there's some staple foods that really attract the military people and barbecue is one of them. So we always have the pleasure of uh, being one of the first foods and first uh, things that they see when they come off the ship and they just absolutely love it. Uh, I wish that I could serve beer off the food truck. Uh, they, they'd love that even more, but they have a separate beer truck for that. Yeah. Well, how many food operations do you have running right now? 
so I have I have uh, three food trucks, and um, I also have a, uh, a, a kiosk or a uh, food court uh, restaurant. Uh, in addition to that, I uh, started this business, and it was called Aloha Gourmet Food Trucks of Hawaii. And the goal was to bring newcomers that you know are just starting food trucks or just starting a food business, bring them in under well, let's say under my wing, okay, just I just to help to mentor them, teach them like you've taught me and like Fast Eddie's taught me and um, the whole group has taught me and, you know, just teach them uh, not necessarily smoking, but uh, business and uh, different concepts. So I would bring them under. And so what that does for me now, it allows uh, the catering to expand its capability. So if you were coming to Hawaii, David, and you wanted, uh, let's say German food or, a local food or Mexican food or barbecue or burgers. Well, you can call me at Aloha Gourmet Food Trucks and I'd be able to arrange all that for you. So I become the event coordinator for you. Oh, very nice. I see how that works. But yeah. on a regular basis, they're still out doing their thing. But do they work with you like in a centralized kitchen or do you work with them on the financials and getting started? So I, I work on them and, you know, getting them started in a, a centralized kitchen. And uh, if I have room in mind, you know, I'll let them uh, affiliate with me. And naturally, you know, it comes at cost. Nothing's for free. And uh, so help them with that and uh, help them with uh, the different venues. So I have a really good, strong contract on the military base and, and also have seven venues, seven areas that I can be at, but I only have personally have three food trucks. So that leaves room for four other trucks to join the circuit, if you will. And so my goal, again, is not to hoard all the money, um, but my more sales, I should say, but my goal is to spread that wealth and offer and look first towards that customer, which is the military guy, and offer them a different cuisine every day. So one day it might be barbecue, the next day maybe tacos, the next day maybe burgers, the next day maybe a local food, the next day maybe a Filipino food. And so we'll rotate the circuit. And so those customers will continue coming back to that particular location. And, you know, the days are marked or the schedule is somewhat permanent. And so they know when their favorite truck will be there. So the goal is, is to bring more business to those different venues, but um, uh, I, I helped uh, one business, uh, brand new, you know, him and his wife, he was, he was a chef at uh, one of the big hotels here in Hawaii, and he decided to uh, go solo. So I brought him uh, into uh, this little circuit and taught him and uh, taught him a lot about uh, food safety, because, uh, you know, working for DOD is a whole different animal than your state. Explain uh, to everybody what DOD is. DOD is the Department of Defense. So under a Department of Defense contract, there is so many requirements. In fact, the initial document is like 134 pages, you know, just to sort through. Um, but having come from that background, I just cut through the chase and get the meat out. And then we, um, you know, figured out what, what it is that they really need. And that's where I help a lot of these trucks out is uh, just cutting straight to, uh, you know, what we need to provide them and focus on that. And so I bring them in under my contract, and then we provide uh, the food to all these different locations. So his business, he, he's been very successful, and he's uh, 
getting ready to get a second food truck, and he's recently opened up a uh, small brick and mortar as well, too, in a uh, uh, sports arena. Oh, that's great, hearing all the success you've worked with and had with them also. Um, speaking of success, let's stay with Tin Hut Barbecue. Okay. Um, what do you know about USA News? What do you know about MSN Money? What do you know about Inc. Magazine? What all do those things have in common? (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. Uh, Well, I'll tell you that uh, Tin Hut has um, uh, been featured in uh, some of those magazines. In fact, all those magazines have been interviewed by Inc. Magazine and uh, we even appeared on msn.com, and that was that was exciting for me um, uh, when when that happened. And so they were telling a little bit about the Tin Hut story, and uh, also what uh, some of our plans are for the future, and you know more so um, you know the heart of Tin Hut, which is to reach other businesses and reach people, and you know just help them help them to uh, get to the next higher step. And so we're excited to be part of uh, the community and we're excited to do our part for the community as well too. I was very, very excited to uh, be interviewed and uh, again, featured. Uh, I think the Inc. Uh, Inc. Magazine will be uh, coming out to either later this month or next, next month. Oh, that's awesome. So as um, tourist, as what we all would be if we came out to, try your food we'd be tourists to hawaii but what is it like living in hawaii you know we we always think of the shows the big cities the the fabulous uh, beaches everything like that is stereotyped but what is it like on a day-to-day basis for frank diaz um, when he has to get a job going what, what do you do every day well, I'll tell you that uh, the, the thing that I don't like about Hawaii <laughs> is the traffic. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's an island. You know that uh, the traffic, living in Hawaii, the traffic. The traffic is the worst, I think, in the world, uh, worse than L.A. Um, so, I, you know, I leave home probably about 4, 4.30 in the morning to make it to uh, the kitchen. Uh, to start our smoke, uh, you know, for that day and also uh, take care of what was left over, you know, uh, smoking from the night before. And that's a good time to leave. There's very little traffic, but as early as that is, there's still congestion. And it's absolutely terrible. And this is just the everyday local traffic. Now, if we um, did the touristy thing and moved uh, into downtown Hawaii, it would be gridlock. Not that early, but it would be gridlock. Um, what I, I, I like the island of Hawaii. I, I like it a lot. However, I will say, David, that uh, there's no place like home. And home for me is Washington. I have uh, 13 grandchildren, oh. and I miss them so dearly. I just can't get there enough. How often do they get to come out to visit Grandpa? They um, come out maybe once or maybe twice a year, depending on uh, you know which, which family it is. Uh, I know my daughter has come out the most, and uh, her uh, son, my grandson, he'll be the future CEO. We've dubbed him the future CEO of uh, Tin Hut Barbecue, and I'd say he's five years old now. And what's really neat, David, is that uh, we'll do a FaceTime together, and he'll see that I'm in the office. 
and he'll say to me, gee, daddy, you're in my chair. You're sitting in my desk. <laughs> I absolutely love it. He, he's embraced it. <laughs> That's, that is awesome. I can see it now once he gets up. 14, 15, 16, 17, summertime out of school, buddy, yeah. he's coming for three months to stay with you. Yes, yes. And and, and I'll tell you that I'm also hoping that uh, we're going to expand to the mainland as well, too. Oh, so yes. We, yeah, living in Hawaii is nice. I, I mean, I like it, but uh, what I don't like is the fact that I can't drive. Uh, and in fact, um, gosh, you could, you could circle this whole island in an hour. Um, you know, without traffic, that is. And uh, I mean, that's it. That's the whole island, one hour, you know, and that's it. So in Washington, I can drive from Washington to Oregon to any state that I want and, you know, visit family or friends. I can drive down to Oklahoma to visit you. There you go. And here, you know, it takes a flight and a drive and everything else. So that's that's some of the challenges of living in Hawaii. Uh, it's It's nice, but there's a lot of things that uh, I'd rather be on the mainland for. Well, if just, um, let's just say throwing dice on this, we don't know what'll happen. You don't know what'll happen, but let's say 10 hut decides to make that move. Would you sell your operation over there or would you continue to keep it and open up, on the mainland and would you continue with your same concept would you say in the bay area would you go on up to washington have you thought that far down into it of what you might do i actually have david that's a great question and uh certainly i would uh at this point i would certainly invite uh any uh anyone that wants to invest into what I feel is a uh, very uh, marketable and a great franchise to definitely contact me because it's my goal to have a tin hut at every major military base on the mainland. Oh. And so franchise. Yes. Franchise. Now the franchise, I don't want it to be a public, but I want it to be family owned. So private, uh, similar to uh, Panda express. He owns all those around the world. In fact, he has three different businesses and, uh, it's all family owned. He is he and his wife are just the main owner of every single franchise operation they have. What a great one to mirror and to go read about right there. Yes, and and, and I'll tell you that David, uh, what I feel with Tin Hut Barbecue is that uh, because it's a veteran owned business, um, it resonates really well with uh, the military, and so. In the military, you usually rotate from base to base every two to three hours. Uh, I'm sorry, years, not hours. <laughs> <laughs> Pack them up. We're leaving, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and so, wouldn't it be nice if you had a really good experience with Tin Hut Barbecue in Hawaii, and then you go to, um, let's say, Camp Pendleton in California, right? And there's a Tin Hut Barbecue there too. And it is just a wonderful, it's familiar. It's it's kind of like McDonald's or any of those franchises. You know, you go from place to place and you expect it all to be the same, but it's familiar. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you know. I think that is a great goal. And if anyone I know that can do that, that will be you. Um, I know that you think things out to the farthest. You think of the... Every possibility, up, down, sideways, um, listening to you speak, 
up here in this class that we hosted with the catering and restaurant classes, um, I knew whenever you were talking about your startups and the way you marketed and the way you went with your financial plans, I knew right then this is a guy that's going to be around a long, long time. Thank you, sir. That's a very big compliment. I appreciate that. Well, we've got barbecue. We're, we've we've dove off a little bit. You might come this way. We don't know. Um, it'd be nice. We'd appreciate one over at Tinker Air Force Base um, here in Oklahoma City. Let's see. What what would you give anybody any advice on if they wanted to start something? Doesn't matter where it's at in the in the in the country. What what one thing would you say after you've gotten started? You've gotten your three trucks, your, your brick and mortar, you've helped all these other folks get started. What, what are they asking you? What is some of the most important things that you could help share to help take the learning curve off? So one of, one of the biggest things, and, and, you know, a lot of people are discouraged because they don't want to take the time to do it, but you have to do your market research. Um, Find out, you know, what your your target market is. Actually, you have to determine who you want to reach. In my particular case, I wanted to target the military guys. And uh, so then uh, literally doing surveys or looking at traffic patterns, you know, analyzing those things to determine, you know, how many people actually go through and see what they like. Um, that, that was a big part of my marketing uh, plan and actually getting started is to understand what they wanted. Um, you know, it was uh, getting back to the beginning when I was still in the government. Um, I, you know, the soldiers, uh, and I don't say this in a negative way at all, they were my guinea pigs. So they would buy the pork or the brisket or the ribs or the chicken. I would smoke it. And, you know, the, the condition was is that they had to give me feedback on the recipes. And so uh, that was the only way that I was going to do this with them. And so it's important that even when you're developing recipes, uh, find someone who's going to be honest with you and tell you the truth. Because a lot of times your friends or family or, or acquaintances are going to tell you that it's good even if it's not good. And uh, very rarely, or, you know, they're, they're out there. There's some that are very deadly honest, right? But a lot of times that happens. And so you begin a business thinking, you know, based on this input that it's going to be good. And then it fails because it really isn't that good. So that, that's a real uh, caution you have to take is you have to find honest brokers, if you will, to uh, e evaluate even your food when you cook it. Yeah, so your market research you mean to tell me you can't just rent a, a closed down gr uh, gas station on the corner and because you cook barbecue in your neighborhood and everybody loves it they're just going to they're not going to come i don't understand <laughs> that would be nice if they did that would be beautiful i'd love it and uh, then everyone would be doing it too <laughs> that's right that's in one of our episodes we my son and i we were going over pre-marketing what did we do prior to he had a great one. He he was going off the hype. He was he was advertising the hype of Butcher Barbecue coming, and really played that out for a couple of months. Um, there's always little things that you can do. You see that um, restaurant chains will put up a sign coming soon, and everybody for the next two months will go, "Oh man, they're coming over there! I can't wait till they get open." That's exactly what you have to do in this world too. Uh, yes. Whenever something is coming. 
you, your market research, if it's going to the city council, getting traffic light counts, um, traffic flow going down the roads, all that is is free. Um, you can go to your local, I don't know if Chamber of Commerce have that or if it's just city councils, I'm sorry, city halls, but that stuff is out there and you have to take into rush hours, you have to take all that in and that's exactly what you're talking about. Do your research. Absolutely. And you bring up a good point about your even your uh, local councilmen or uh, board members. You know, if you're uh, like in Hawaii, we have so many different regions. And let me just throw a name out. So Pearl City has their councilman. They have their rep. And so you get him involved because you're literally you're going to start a business in his area. He wants your tax dollars. It's good. Right. Exactly. And not only that, it helps with the. Uh, um, it helps with the employment, you know, so he'll have something under his uh, tutelage that he can say, hey, these are the businesses that I helped to start here. So you can get a lot of information from them. They can give you traffic counts. They can give you uh, even, uh, you know, what uh, uh, the average uh, medium income is for that particular area as well, too. So they'll, they'll, they can provide you a lot of information. That's a very good point. Yeah, um, the income is huge. People overlook that a lot. Um, you need to see what your county income is because, yes, your city income is very important. But if you live in a smaller area in that county, your whole county becomes your sales force. That's where you need to be looking at. Absolutely. Excuse me. All right. We've kind of went over this a little bit. We know what 10 Hut Barbecue is. We've got a little bit of their idea of how they operate, where they want to sell, their future goals, um, how they come about. Now let's find out a little bit about Frank Diaz. All right. Frank, <laughs> what kind of hobbies or passions do you have outside of barbecue? All right. Well, you know, I, I see that. And here's another going back to the question about Hawaii. Um, Hawaii is a small island, but I'll tell you, I love photography. I love that as a hobby. And, uh, you know, on my phone, I probably have, you know, over 60,000 pictures, you know, just that I've taken. But I love to just go out and uh, just little hikes, not real big hikes, and just get, uh, you know, do a lot of photography of people, of things, of places. And once in a while, I'll get a gem and catch a whale or a turtle or uh, one of those um, uh, seals that'll come on and uh, film that or tape that as well too. And uh, so I, I just have a really just nice passion for photography. And what's nice is my daughter took uh, that same thing and she's uh, going to develop that into a business herself. But I also enjoy um, paddle boarding. So, um, you know, being next to the water, you know, I live in Colina and they have uh, four lagoons there, but at the lagoon, uh, where the water is semi-still, you know, they have uh, waves coming in, but uh, it's a really good uh, paddle uh, area for an old guy like me, you know. So if I fall, it won't be too bad, you know. <laughs> I won't get wiped out by the waves. And um, and then, you know, I have a I have a drone, and I just like to fly that drone, and you know, just again, get into the photography of it, just taking different pictures from up high and. Uh, of landscapes and uh, oceans and things of that sort. It's just it's just wonderful. Those are a lot of the things that I like. And uh, you know, Lori, my wife, she's a foodie, and so yes. she, uh, we both really enjoy going out and just sampling different foods and 
And, you know, even any place we go, I mean, if I come to the mainland and I see a barbecue place, I'll get a little bit of everything just to taste it, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. But we do that here, too. A lot of different cuisines, a lot of Asian cuisines, you know, a lot of ethnic cultures have little restaurants here, which is pretty neat. So that's another thing we like to do. Well, that's cool. I, that, that's that's what I want my listeners to be able to hear is there's more than just uh, Tin Hut barbecue for you, isn't there? Yes, there is. Absolutely. So what's your average daytime? What do you, how much time do you put in during the day? Oh, wow. Uh, you want me to scare people away now? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that, um, okay. So, you know, because I'm only one deep right now, um, there's a lot of admin stuff, uh, payroll and accounting that I have to do on top of uh, the regular operations. And so my day will start at 4.30 in the morning typically. And on uh, some of my better days, I can end the day, let's say by 6 o'clock in the evening, uh, maybe 6.30. On a really great day, I can end it uh, probably about 4 o'clock. And uh, on a really bad day, I might stay in the office all night. So... Man, that's a that'll that'll give you some gray hair right there. It uh, so I uh, you know I, I did get a um, a good size office. It's almost like a almost like a studio. That's what I make it. Uh, you have a nice view, so I can relax and just take breaks and look out the window and uh, you know just see the uh, water, the city. Wish you was paddleboarding yeah. out there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then and then if I need to lounge for a second, I have a couch here that I'll just take a nap and. Pick up and drive on again. There you go. That's right. The the energy level, it might dive off, but the ownership kicks back in. You're like, I need to go get this done. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 so with that also, David, I have um I've long been at the point where I need to hire uh, some experts that work with me. Um, and you know, I just have been so reluctant to take that uh, plunge into hiring like a uh, administrative assistant and uh, a catering manager and things of that sort. Um, uh, but, but, you know, um, I'm getting to that point where I have to, and uh, because I can't do this on my own. And of course, what's going to happen is that they're going to increase the business. That's what I foresee. That's what I predict. Oh, I so, bet it will too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In 2020, that's, that's, uh, you know, where we're probably going to be heading. Yep. So I'll be hiring some office managers and catering managers and directors and things of that sort. There you go. Give them the control and the ownership. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you I, go. Do have, uh, I do have one assistant manager right now. And uh, I'll tell you that uh, even my, uh, um, my assistant, my pit master, he, uh, one of the things that, and he was a chef, but one of the things that he really, likes one of the compliments the biggest compliment that i received from him is that you know he says i like how you empower me to uh, do this you trust me to do it and you allow me to do it if i make a mistake you you correct it you show me where i need to adjust and we keep going on and so uh and, and so i have an assistant manager like that too you know yes. she'll call me and i'll say hey you got it you can figure this out you can do it that's right yeah Learn from their own footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this is something we do with all the guests, and it's real fun. Um, we take one of my injection needles I got out here in the shop, and we will inject you with a podcast truth serum. I'm going to ask you a question, and you have to answer us <laughs> how the truth is. All right? All right. Now, you've been injected. In the adult, adult world, um, are you a beer person? A whiskey person, or are you a tea drinker? Oh, you know that um, great question. I like a Buffalo Trace, which is a whiskey, and um, but but like that beer too. Okay, well let's <laughs> let's go with your um, second one. Okay, okay, beer. Are you an over-the-counter type beer, or do you prefer a craft style beer? Well, here in Hawaii, there's a lot of craft beers, and I, I enjoy that because they uh, also pair it with whatever it is that I'm eating. So definitely like that. Okay. You spend a lot of time overseas, so I'm going to throw this one in there. Um, do you like a hot beer or a cold beer? Cold beer. I'm cold all the way. All right. Just thought I'd check real quick since you can't lie to me. Yep. And, <laughs> and Polliner is my favorite overseas in Germany, that Polliner beer. Yeah, you got, yep. That was always my favorite. Well, let's, you got enough steel going in your system, so I'm going to ask you this. I, I know there's not a lot of the different ones out there, but it's just more of a, let's kind of get to know you. Do you watch college sports or pro sports? You know, I uh, well, I'll tell you, I have season tickets for uh, the only football team in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so that's got to be college. college, right? Now, uh, I'll tell you that if I were on the mainland, uh, I'd be uh, uh, seeing the Seahawks. I'd love to watch the live games. Okay, see a little bit of both. Just what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll let you continue with your um season tickets but we'll forge a, a brochure to, to buy them once you get moved back to the washington there you go there you <laughs> go well that that i think you've about ran your kidneys dry the truth serum's done washed out it's it's a done deal <laughs> <laughs> i like doing that they're fun to hear what other people are doing so i've listened to some other ones and they'll ask things like well you have to tell the truth um what are you wearing what no i'm not into i don't care <laughs> about that but when i first heard that i thought i'm gonna add that to something that i do because i just think that's fun all right well i think we've about wrapped this thing up um frank is there anything you want to leave us with anything in particular um if you've already kind of spoke out we get it that's great but if not just tell where the folks can follow you at um where they can contact you especially if they're headed your way for catering okay so there, there's a there's one word that I'd really like to share with your audience, David, and, you know, if you have a vision and a dream and that is just burning inside of you, pursue it. It's always good to pursue those insights, those concepts or ideas that you have because chances are that that's for you and no one else but you. So pursue it. Now, if you're ever in Hawaii, please come and visit. I, I will buy you lunch. Everyone that comes visits me in Hawaii, I buy them lunch. And uh, certainly you can visit our website at any time at www.tinhutbbq.com or our Facebook page at Tin Hut BBQ. Um, I welcome you anytime. And I've had lots of visitors. Uh, my furthest visitor so far has come from uh, New Zealand. Oh. And he literally let me know, hey, I'm coming and I want to try your barbecue. 
And he came and he absolutely loved it. And uh, then I had another one from Japan that would love to start a barbecue over there in Japan, but it's so difficult in a foreign country. So interesting. Yes, uh, I, I would love anyone, anyone come visit. Well, Frank, we really, really appreciate your time. We understand um, the difficulty it takes um, for you to stop and to talk to us, especially being a one, two-man, three-man show there. But, Frank, our hat's off to you for everything that you've done, accomplished, and we wish you all the best for the future. And we hope that we get to see some of these Tin Hut barbecues in our local areas. We really, really do. Frank, thanks a lot. Well, thank you for having me, David. It's been a pleasure. And uh, this has been a, just an awesome break in the day for me. Just uh, it's wonderful to talk to you guys. I appreciate uh, even your mentorship from way back when and uh, the continued friendship that we have as well. Well, Frank, I appreciate the kind words. Everybody, if you're headed that way or if you know of someone getting married, look Frank up. Look up Tin Hut Barbecue. He, like I said, he's on Facebook. He's got a website. I'm sure you can find him. If nothing else, you get a hold of me. I will get you get a hold of him, and he will get with you. Everybody, as always, like and subscribe this uh, podcast. We appreciate everything you do to stop and listen to us, and have a great day holiday smash that subscribe button and be ready for butcher's next podcast <laughs>